welcome to the Think Freely Podcast. This is Jordan Gray and Aaron Lawrence. We are on episode one of the Think Freely podcast. And our topic today is unboxing remote ID. And uh, there's a good reason why we have uh, Aaron Lawrence here. Um, give a little bit of your CV as to your background and um, why you're sitting here and what you were doing maybe the other week talking to the FAA on a public meeting. <laughs> So uh, again, I'm Aaron Lawrence. Um, I have, oh, 22 years of experience in GIS and remote sensing. Um, I've started our drone program at uh, Wolpert. I've been at Wolpert for 20 years. Um, so we were the first surveying and mapping company to get our 333 exemption, which was the first uh, sort of um, licensing uh, requirement to fly drones commercially and since then we've just sort of built up uh, a major storage of UAS or drone systems um, again background in uh, GISO mapping and um, yeah we're we're trying to comply with the FAA restriction September 16th is the day that you need to be compliant and uh, I hope to break some of that down with you today and talk about what you need to do and um, the rules and all those things so thanks yep. for having me yeah no great to have you Aaron and um, Wolpert has a footprint that is global yes so when something changes in the regulations and there's not really enough time. Uh, there's some discussions that we're going to have today, and we're going to unpack. We're going to unpack this whole yes. uh, concept in many different areas, and we are going to heavily be relying on Aaron because I am newer to the party. Um, my company, while I've been immersed in digital for decades, um, Honeycomb Digital, we've been managing digital assets and media for Fortune companies and so forth. We are trying to position ourselves uh, more into the collection of the massive amount of data that is being stored and picked up at the uh, centimeter and other level. You can speak a lot to that in yeah. terms of the volume of that data, processing of it, having it in a very big compute and a storage place where you park it forever. I mean, you don't want to move that stuff. Um, and But as far as the remote ID scenario, you have all these uh, this equipment. And um, we're going to get into it later, but the supply chain hasn't been able to really catch up uh, and modify. Uh, and and there's there's also changes happening outside the drone world in the regular plane aircraft world yes. that's underneath the commercial kind of experimental planes and so forth. And you can talk a little bit about how that got serious a year ago. And now this is kind of like cleaning house and organizing all these traceable now aerial vehicles yeah I mean so why remote ID mm -hmm. right so you know the FAA I think it was last year it might have been the year before but okay. they 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 put a requirement on all manned aviation right so all piloted aircraft real planes real planes yeah. need to have a 
broadcast system, yeah. and that's what ADS-B was. So all aircraft need to have uh, a broadcasting system that air traffic control can track <clears throat> and um, tail numbers. Tail, you're right. It's reg. It's basically a registry, a digital registration, right? Mm-hmm. That air traffic control can see you, mm-hmm. and they can call you if they need to, right? right? Okay. Um, and so, ADSB happened while drones are blowing up. Mm-hmm. I think there's something like 10 million or more. I don't I haven't looked at mm-hmm. the latest numbers. So now we have drones and um, piloted aircraft intersecting in mm-hmm. the national in the NAS national airspace. There's right? going to be interactions in there's the gonna same be, space. Yes. Yeah. And so what remote ID the attempt anyway is to do the same thing. Put a tail number, put a a name um, a phone number, you know, and um, record that so that they can see those. Now there's conflicts. Um, again, air traffic control, a lot of it is unionized. They don't want to do more work. Um, and they it's, don't a lot, want, it's a big change to they, all of a sudden say, okay, you're going to also watch our kids. Ab- absolutely. Like, and, and, you know, so my experience with air traffic control is most of them say, we want nothing to do with this. Right. Um, the interface in which remote ID um, and ADSB interact, mm-hmm. I don't think has been defined. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of that going on where they want to be able to track it. Somebody's going to track it. Is it air traffic control? I don't know. Is it a new branch of the federal government that mm-hmm. is is doing what air traffic control does for manned aviation, piloted aviation that, um, you know, that's that's, those are things that we right. still need to poke at. And you, you've watched enough plane scenarios. I mean, you're you're an actual pilot, aren't you? Yeah. So, but when it comes to like laymen uh, out there watching like air traffic, talking to the police, I mean, talking to a pilot and so forth, and all the intense storylines, you know, there's protocols for how you talk and communicate. Absolutely. And I'm sure these uh, air traffic controllers don't want to talk to a bunch of novices that don't know how to communicate. Also. And it's going to complicate things even further if you can't. Okay, I've got them on the line. They don't know. They didn't know their drone was still up. They left it hovering. <laughs> right. Like, oh, uh, I'll get right on that. Um, so, okay, so so that I mean, the, the remote ID makes sense that they're going to at least start start to track what's what. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're saying the software systems and who's managing it is not clear yet as to how that's going to be governed. It has not been defined. Okay. Um, so, yeah, again, you have, uh, you know, most of our Wolpert's operations are on airports. Yeah. And so some people say that's so dangerous, and we say that's the safest place to operate, right? right. Because you know exactly where the planes are, what Someone's they're doing. Someone's already watching right. the airspace, right. and they're part of, yeah. the, they're on the comms with you. Yeah, and you guys are looking for foreign object detection and so forth, and or other things. Or whatever. yeah, we're doing Anything. all sorts of things. But okay. I, I mean, again, we make maps. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do pavement, mm-hmm. um, oh, wildlife yeah. management, perimeter surveillance, sort of things, gotcha. right on airports. But um, so again, mm-hmm. the remote ID concept is a good one. Yeah. How do you get you know? The concept is good. Are the, we, uh, so, are are you suggesting that that everybody's ready for this, or no one's ready for this? 
uh, what are, who are all the players and what's their status? That's a, that's a good question. I mean, um, n not everybody's ready. Um, so we own maybe 50 drones. I think we're maybe 10 are remote ID compliant. They're newer drones. They have the remote ID built into them. Since this spring, they've been pretty consistent with the production. There are certain systems, um, certain that drones. certain drones that were forward thinking, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, we were we use drones for marketing, so just lifting to take pictures of stuff or an event or um, for a proposal. Um, and those are cheaper drones that don't have all the sophistication that the other ones do. Gotcha. And so th with the, the rule, September 16th, mm -hmm. all drones flying in the NAS, national airspace, need to be compliant with remote ID, which means, you know, there's modules, there's all sorts of things, but you're going to have to modify mm -hmm. your system mm -hmm. to comply. So if it wasn't born with it, Yes, sir. At the manufacturer, you're going to need to get a module. Yep. And um, funny enough, we called this this uh, top this this episode unboxing uh, remote ID, and we actually have um, an unboxing that we're going to do today <laughs> of a module. And so we're going to pop this one open. It is from one of the folks that we work with, and and um, we'll pop it open and and do that right here on camera. Um, and we'll take a look at it and discuss that. Because you also grabbed some more recently, yep. and you're doing some of that workaround because all of the existing needs to be retrofitted. But how straightforward of a, of, a, of a deal is it to retrofit all of your drones? And can you get enough IDs right now? Is the supply chain able to provide them? Uh, you know, and then what does it do to the aircraft? And like, and, 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 and. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you know, we sort of were talking before about rumors, but, you know, that's going to be a huge challenge is I have 50 drones mm -hmm. and you can only register one remote ID to one tail number. And so, is that, but with the hobbyist, isn't it true that you could do one and for like your whole group or I thought I saw something on a document and, and we should at this point drop a disclaimer while we are drone people we are not your drone people and you need to always check with your local government your state and federal FAA and so forth so that's our disclaimer um, these are all our opinions and perceptions and we want to share them and it's a talking environment Truth. but um, we wanted to just share that um, everything is very fast moving and there could be some changes there will be there could there be relief from the FAA before the 16th announced officially Again. or is it gonna be punted so I've had numerous conversations over the past couple months about remote ID with the FAA. It's a big conglomeration of government, so there's multiple perspectives from multiple sides. Um, I have active programs where we are working uh, for, for the FAA with non-compliant drones. Uh, they're not. It doesn't need yeah. to be compliant right. until the 16th. Right. But no, we but have like, programs yeah. built with and drones that are non-compliant. Because you, as Wolpert, have gotten commissioned to do some of the research on, like, say, property perimeter surveillance at airports and what's all the issues, and um, and so that's that's like uh, you're you're in deep on this stuff. And you yeah. were talking on the public meeting the other day uh, with the group. Was everybody like? cool with it or was there a lot of frustration on the call? 
it's or, both sides. <laughs> I mean, it's again, it's both sides. So if you've got million dollar programs and you have you're using drones that are currently I mean, that aren't going to be compliant on the 16th. Yeah. Those programs are going to have to get re-looked at, yeah. you know. And are, there, are there penalties defined? As or there's far not, as I know. The teeth are not showing yet, but there's, right. there is an illegal state that you're in if, if you violate that. And, and that sort of goes down the, 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 the list of conversations we hope to talk about, right, mm -hmm. which is, is law enforcement ready? Or, you know, is... You'd think that they would be, are they? They're, no. No. Uh, uh, is maybe, the, are, the, some, are some... The FAA some isn't ready. ready. The FAA isn't ready. Could there, there could be a few cases where some law enforcement, some superhero plan aheaders are out there. And, and there are ready. those, but again, there are also um, law enforcement agencies that don't even have... Their officers don't understand the current rules mm -hmm. for... 400 feet must mm -hmm. maintain line of sight mm -hmm. um you know so it's just real interesting to see this big push yeah um yeah and and let's roll back almost to the beginning and kind of do a second layer pass on what remote id is imagine that i'm a uh, pilot in control i've got a drone up in the air it's a, I'm doing a, I did a workaround, so I have a module on that drone. That module is with its own battery pack, right? It's got its own battery source in theory, right? Um, we're gonna unpack it and take a look at it here uh, in a moment. I'm but excited. <laughs> you've already got some that came yeah. in recently, but you know, what, you know what to expect. I haven't opened it, I saved it for today. <laughs> but um, that, that um, sensor is sending out a signal with what pieces of data? Uh, location of the pilot, location of the drone, elevation? Well, the module is not going to give you the location of the pilot. Uh, oh, okay. I, I thought it was the like tied into the... The module is going to give you the location of the aircraft, the UAS. Mm -hmm. And so that was another part of a conversation I had with the FAA was the new... So any drone manufactured after the 16th mm -hmm. has to give you... The location of the pilot and the location of the drone okay the modules don't do that the then? modules don't do that okay yeah oh well i didn't know that yeah that's interesting so well, that's breaking news <laughs> it's uh, no. breaking news no that's that's kind of crazy because i i was kind of expecting that that the workaround would be a complete workaround no i guess it can't no it can't because it's you, just, you put this and make total sense on skydio or this on a dji yeah there's no, it, it knows, there's no it, code. It that only you, knows itself. It doesn't know. It's not tied It knows into the its system. location yeah. and who, or, mm. you know, what the tail number is of the system that's flying, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. And it makes sense to me that the built-in ones is probably what I was reading on where it was saying it was provi providing both locations of the plane, uh, the, the, yeah. the, the, the aircraft and the pilot, even their elevation of each uh, as well. So it's kind of like they can reconstruct where were you, did you have a line of sight? I mean, they could yeah. probably. I mean, yeah. I don't know forensic. if they put that much forensic. work in. Oh, well, if they need to, if they need to go back, yeah, yeah though, yeah. they could. But you know, I'll use DJI because they own seventy-five percent of the market space, yeah. right? Yeah. When you 
lift the DJI, mm. it marks your home point, yeah, right, where yeah, you're standing. Sure. And then it shows you, you know, on your interface right. where the drone is and how far it is away from you and all that. Right. I mean, ideally, that concept is what mm. the FAA wants. Right, right. This is the halfway point, mm. and then you have all the other things. So it's not a complete workaround. Are you compliant? You are compliant. Okay, it's compliant enough. That's mm. interesting. Yeah. That then then the built-in systems kind of provide more, more. information. In, so is, if someone wants more privacy, or more kind of you know kind of like hey I don't need someone looking at every single thing I do, I'm going to be compliant, uh, lightly compliant or sufficiently compliant, and I'm not going to give them all the information. Dep so a module might be uh, currently the the way to accomplish that. Oh, or it's just There's, a byproduct no, of I mean, using it. This is happening because the FAA is requiring it, yeah. right? Um, <clears throat> so, should we open it? I want to see it. I think I'm going to open it here, and I'm not going to um, slice my finger. Don't slice, slice my, my finger open on or anything off either. on camera here. Oh, you just got his pants. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> you need more. Slice one here. Okay, there we go. But again, the module... I'll let you do the, the reveal. <laughs> so what do we got there? They definitely packed it. It's pretty light. Yeah, this is... We have... We got the same system, so... Yep. So basically... So what are we looking at? We have... Should I open it all yeah, the way? Yeah, go for it. And, and I think somewhere in here you should be able to share it on camera nicely. There we are. We can see ourselves now. So... Okay. USB. Is that a USB-C? Yes. Yeah. USB-C. So adapter for plug-in. You get some Velcro. Serious Velcro action too. This is like super, super hooky. Yeah. And then dual lock 3M. Wow, that is that is not your average. Um, <laughs> there you go. It's got some good hooking action on that. But it's also Kind of, it's almost like it repels initially. You have to really jam it in. Yeah. To you to join. Well, it. you want it to be secure because right. there's other rules on the from the FAA that if anything attached to your drone falls off, then you're. Wow, I didn't even know about that one. For that, so. Yeah, it doesn't like the the Velcro doesn't feel fuzzy. It just it has the hook, plastic hooks, to the touch. Packed to the gills here. Unless they gave me um, two of the wrong sides. Let me see. No, it, it locked. It snapped. No, it snapped in. You can hear gonna, that. There you go. And then the module itself. Oh, that's nice and little. So it's not too bad. Um, I'll just turn the screen back on. So you can see yeah. multiple surfaces to attach USB-C and then on off. Okay. Um, this particular one states two hours <coughs> of use mm -hmm. again in some case um the usb-c charger you have to the other thing is does it feel loose or did it snap it snapped in it it it, it, it seats nicely on this one and this version that we got was uh from um there it is right there um but okay and um uh, I don't have a charger right here where we can see if there's a light on here, but it does look like it it's has a status. On. It has a status, and go. it's already comes charged. 
So we got a good green light on this one already. Yeah. Um, but it looks. I'm, I'll bet you we're gonna have a progressive color. You, you know, need coating. to. You need to fully charge it before yeah. you operate. And so again. And how long is the two hours? You said. That's that's the rumor. You know, typically when manufacturers put a statement out, we knock twenty five percent off right off the rip. You know, but. Well, I, I also wonder. I mean. Some of the logistic problems that you were talking about before our call, before we got into the, the, the studio, is uh, related to you go out and buy one of these things and it burns down. You don't have another one. You've got to charge it and you're offline, not flying, right. until, um, until it's recharged. Yeah, so right now, this needs to be registered through Drone Zone on your... Um, one drone per remote ID, and we were talking about the logistics of a full day operation, yeah, right? So yeah. I'm flying a, I'll use, I'm gonna continue to use DJI. We're yeah. not being paid right. by DJI, but they are I the- I do Autel Robotics mostly, <laughs> but yeah. Autel, okay. But you know, you get 30 minutes for your drone operation, so that means you get four lifts essentially with this. What happens then? Well, we get 40 with Autel, but go on. So you go, <laughs> so you go, you you land yeah. and you swap your drone batteries yeah. and you lift and you land and you land and now all of a sudden this is out. Hmm. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, so unless you have a rapid, you want to make sure that you're doing the most rapid charge. I would say ditch this thing because this is the slower charging right. mechanism. Go USB. C to USB-C and see if it'll charge it faster. Uh, that's not advice, by the way. <laughs> Check with your manufacturer to see if what the suitable charging point is for your... <laughs> we do not want to provide actual any advice here today. Just I think, conversation. I think just logistically, um, that's, a, that's something that the FAA hasn't really thought through, right? Yeah. So this, the other option is direct power yeah. on your drone, which means you're going to drain yeah. your drone battery faster, yeah. right? So if you have a USB a drone that has USB or USB-C, you but could that run also, it. That also solves the problem, though, of having to take it off and charge it. You can swap from machine to machine, but you have to wire it in. I mean, that's now you're getting into some funny you're, stuff, right? You're talking just about what what's available what ports are available on the system that you have selected to yeah. operate with check with your manufacturer to see what uh eliminates your I warranty mean, th right this <laughs> is a conversation that everyone's having right now right. is it seems like the faa thinks you go out and you fly for 30 minutes and you're done right that's the visual that right that, that it feels like that's what the rule where the rule came from and that's just not the case right. you know so i mean like i said we have 50 drones essentially come september 16th i'm gonna have 35 of them non-compliant should we cut this off the no. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, I mean, we're not going to operate. Yeah, you know, you we're can. not going to fly. Yeah, them, yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. And, and and it's the conservative nature of my company to make sure right. that we comply. Right. right so right, we're right, right. nabbing up a bunch of these. Right. Um, Getting as compliant as you can, so you can meet all your operational quantities that you need to do the jobs you need to, to, to do the jobs. And you right. would recommend everybody do that. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. again, you don't want to shortcut this this uh, this scenario. And we are talking about, I mean, uh, planes and vehicles intersecting, and that doesn't go well. Well, it's the, it's going to be the same scenario before as after. Mm -hmm. But us being a for-profit, hundred-year-old company founded in Dayton, Ohio, in nineteen. 11 mm -hmm. you know and being the first surveying and mapping drone company uh, we're not a drone company but yeah 333 compliant you know we just take it real seriously we don't the faa has issued some hefty fines for non-compliance not right. on remote id yet because it right. doesn't exist but you right. know i've seen people flying in new york city getting 20 50 grand right. fines That's right you, no joke no joke no, I think yeah. they want it taken seriously because the consequences could be pretty severe. Good. And um, and even though our company Honeycomb Digital is is uh, newer to this, we are very heavy in trying to meet the yeah. compliance uh, regulations. And I we've added to our advisory board uh, Jerome Ferguson, who started Drone. Um, let's see here, Flight Forward for UPS. Yeah. And so he is available to us as um, top level advising on on uh, really just best processes best practices for for and there's so much legal surrounding drone services and uh, our our vision is to get um you know uh, some of these uh, automated drone systems that can be deployed on a property for property surveillance certainly all the drones that we're providing through those deployment systems already are going to be installed with the remote ID. Mm -hmm. So we do have those available, um, but, uh, but you know, um, old legacy systems that you want to leverage these aircrafts yeah. and you want to use them, you're going to have to modify them. And, and that it, complicates things for automation. That's where I wanted to go. It, because like you're flying it, you're flying it, and you have this great automation system that we've worked out and we can do property surveillance and thermal scans, maybe looking for residents on a property that have escaped their independent living and they've got memory issues you want to find them right you want to run that automation automated job and um this remote id on an aircraft that isn't compliant is really kind of a a, a real major problem because someone has to go and interact and now yeah charge that I, I mean this is sort of where i go with the different visions of the faa too though because this will open up doors so right now the rule you have to maintain visual line of sight yep. right so i ha if i'm operating the drone mm -hmm. i have to see the mm -hmm. drone mm -hmm. with remote id you know the faa is pushing i mean they're trying to be as positive as possible right and trying to make it um as easy as possible less restrictive but you in order to do that you have to have certain requirements right so w with remote id what's going to happen is you're going to you're going to be able to not have line of sight on it right because so it, it can it's necessary for the beyond line of sight it's scenarios and the more advanced integrations right delivery you know absolutely surve property surveillance over large areas and and even right now that they don't have as far as I can tell, I mean, somebody's able to see this, but it's not air traffic control. Yeah. Um, having a record of where that thing went, mm -hmm. when it went down, mm -hmm. for example, mm -hmm.
right? To be able to pull that off and see its trajectory and see where it actually right. went down. Th those are all things that are um, huge. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. No, I, I, I'm glad you brought up the point about how it's enabling next step, the online of site, because I was really pleased when the you didn't have to have a waiver to fly at night, provided you have all the anti-collisions right. and so forth. But um, it's it while some restrictions are being lessened and made, you know, just comply this way, other ones are coming in because this is a very fluid situation. It's fluid. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, and then I mean, again, all dr all drones that you buy after the sixteenth, it might be that might not be the same date, but will be remote ID compliant. Are there some manufacturers that aren't there yet? Well, there's two, yes. Well, and we don't have to name them because I don't yeah. know if that's been solved well, or I'm fixable even you know, by the 16th. And um, that's, that's wonderful um, to, to kind of know that most of them are probably on top of it, but maybe some aren't. Well, so I do work with the DOD also, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so um, in a call with the FAA a couple weeks ago, we were talking about if you registered your drone through Drone Zone, then it needs to be compliant. So you'd be lucky if you didn't? And that not that confusing and scary at the same time? So the... The FAA we get punished for doing the right thing. The the DOD <laughs> groups that I work with were registering. They all drones registered everything properly because the, the right FAA process. said that. And then on the other side, they said, "But if you didn't register it, then you don't need to be compliant." Meaning, and that's a DOD only thing. Okay, right? that's so, not the rest of them. So no I, one. I'm not going to say it's not the rest of us, but what I, what I will say is. For drones that are operating in the DoD space that weren't registered, mm -hmm. they don't need to be remote ID compliant. So there's an exception mm -hmm. at the current moment. Well, because the last thing you want, we're, we're actually gearing up for the um, marathon at Wright Pat, mm. and we're we're using drones this year. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, we were talking about that because the marathon's on the 16th. Mm -hmm. Oh wow, that's that's hilarious. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's crazy. So you and what do you, what are you flying that day? Uh, well, Skydeal will be there, okay. um, operating their own systems, okay. and um, there's some other things okay. going on. But I gotcha. Yeah. Cool, cool. And with all of this going on, what are some of the rumors or crazy rumors that have come out that you want to comment on? If if uh, if if some of them kind of irk you in a certain way? Well, we I mean we we hinted on a couple here, but you know the the biggest one and the one I'm crossing my fingers for mm -hmm. is that the sec September 16th date gets pushed. Yeah, that's that's a big floating because you're going to no shut guarantee. you're going to shut down 10 million UAS operators um you know, that's a plus or minus there, but um that one's probably the biggest one. Um is it a tactic possibly and it's um, just a conjecture but the FAA just puts it out there and leaves the date to try to put some forward pressure on getting oh. compliance Man, and, and not necessarily super heavy on punishment you know uh, execution of uh, enforcement I should say 
Uh, is that is that possible that that's a scenario that just happens and it's, they've done it the before. date goes right through and and people are just scared and they're trying to get compliant and they just maybe lay low a little bit and not try to go after every everybody and their brother it's a good tactic and it works and it's worked for them in the past but mm, you know sure. clearly you know when you think about who's watching the the, data. the modules yeah yeah, where, where is where is. is that data? So where does that data go? Right. Is that data not? Is that wouldn't it be publicly available? Well, so or not? Maybe there's it's there's a soft software called so. FlightAware right now. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a interface, I guess. Right, where mm -hmm. I use it every time I fly. Mm -hmm. I can see where my plane is. Mm -hmm. You know when it lands, when it taxiing, when it gets to the terminal. Um, and so, you know, that experience exists, mm -hmm, right? So mm -hmm. I can only expect that you would have something similar to that um, with gotcha. the RID. But <clears throat> I don't, I, I'm in it, I'm in the stuff, mm -hmm. and I have not seen anything. We own some EBs, yep. and we see other aircraft. So that's the interface that I imagine, right, is when another aircraft enters my flight zone, I get an alarm that says, mm -hmm. there's another aircraft there, so you need to be paying extra attention to that. I can see other things out of it, but when it, in, you know, <clears throat> when it enters my um, mm -hmm. flight plan, mm -hmm. I see it and I'm notified. And so, like I said, I think that that's yeah. where it's going to end up. Talk to me about spotters for a second, because as we evolve forward with being able to use remote ID to go beyond line of sight more in certain cases, all the rules are going to shift a little bit also, obviously, for spotters um, under certain conditions. You would imagine that there's a fuzzy gray area where you have this tracking system going and right. and uh, does that change? Visual does observer. It, visual observer? Okay. That's the that's the proper that's the proper okay so if you have a certain amount of visual observers out there and I mean I think the regulations say you can't even use a radio to communicate you have to use voice but I don't know that I don't know how how hard that you is you can follow. daisy chain currently mm -hmm. which means the pilot doesn't necessarily have to have eyes on it as long as it's you have hard. a visual observer that's communicating back I mean, with the pilot right but so the tracking ID, as we are getting towards the beyond line of sight, it feels like they may make some changes too. And with we don't know what those are. Well, people just, are getting waivers guessing. for beyond line of sight right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's it's a comms thing. Yeah. Um, I know. Yeah, I, I won't mention names. Sure. But um, you know, they are giving. Well, BNSF, the railway, can fly within their own right-of-way beyond line of sight at, at, up to a certain altitude. So, okay. you know, that, that's a, that, that was a big one for the uh, industry as a whole, right? They're saying, that's huge. if you put this box, you know, if you stay within this box, within this right-of-way, over your own property, yeah. you, can, you can operate. Um, Which is great for the drones that can do a follow and just track, you know, yeah. the drones, the the plane, the sorry, uh, trains. I can't going through all the automobile 
listing. Trains, planes, and automobiles. But there's another scenario down in Texas where they have sensors that check the air traffic space or the air air airspace, and they just approved one right down there for Texas. Um, pretty expensive sensors, and it, I was hearing uh, from from our the industry that there was potentially that um, now that there's been an approval by the FAA for these devices to monitor the airspace and have fully uh, autonomous flights where no one's watching, and it's happening in Texas, apparently, with that yep. one uh, deployment. Um, other manufacturers now know how to get something in front of the FAA to get approvals. We should see more of those devices out there for managing maybe private property or, or business properties and having um, maybe a need for more of these kind of automated you know, deployment systems. So the FAA has something called an SRM panel. Um, it's safety risk management. Mm -hmm. And any time that you, there's no precedence for an operation. Mm -hmm. So typically if it's, most of them happen on airports, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So if you want to um, go in and fly a drone on an airport, mm -hmm. Uh, I've been in multi <clears throat> multiple multiples of these. Mm -hmm. You want to go do something brand new on an airport, mm -hmm. they bring a panel of experts from yeah. the FAA in. Yeah. They grill your concept Theme. of operation. Test so you have your documentation, policy, and they say, what happens if this happens? Right. What are you going to do? Show me the document. Right. So I think a lot of that is... It's just about establishing precedence. If it's yeah. similar, yeah. like I have two Class Charlie airports. One, they approved for us to operate anywhere on the airfield as long as we had movement areas closed, mm -hmm. so taxiways, runways. Mm -hmm. The other one was um, they, they, they restricted where we could fly, mm -hmm. and it was because of helicopter operations. So mm -hmm. helicopters are coming in and out, and they don't necessarily follow runways and taxiways right. right they sort of come in wherever they want they're like and cats so, so we <laughs> so we had to so we had to you know restrict the areas identify the zones where the helicopters are coming in at. and and i think that that's a lot of what it we're gonna see with the remote id thing is and, and as it moves towards again my um assumption about remote id is the faa is trying to have more drones fly. Mm, they're trying to open that up. They, it's inevitable, so they're trying to be ready for that volume. Yeah. Uh -huh. And and back to your point that you were just making, it's not just these sensors that can look at airspace, it's also these reviews and what you're doing and, and how standard it is and does it match your, can you cover it? Do they think that you have the processes to cover it? Not anybody can just go out and buy a eighty or $100,000 airspace monitor and set it right. up and start flying automatic. There, there's going to be a review process. It's multifaceted. Yep. Um, but remote ID is part of that whole process. I mean, and it's the, a and that future. It's a big pain in my butt yeah. right now. Like yeah. I am. Actively, I have 50 drones. Yeah. I have 10 or so that are compliant, and we're buying modules and trying to figure out how to rig them up and what what systems can go on which projects and how to organize everything. Just throws off all of your your routine yeah throws off all your logistics and we've continually been compliant you know mm -hmm. um you know when when we first started flying drones there were no rules wow so we were flying for the army corps of engineers 
we were flying at a thousand feet beyond line of sight, you know. Um, but you tried to still try to do it safely. No, we were safe. So, we but, were safe but as it could was, be. But it wasn't within the regulations yeah. that they are now. Um, but that makes total sense. And you probably had spotters. Well, I mean, we built we built observers. a custom camera that could uh, measure yeah. one centimeter GSD from a thousand feet. So we we spent a ton monster, of money. Monster camera. And then that's the data I want to store. When, <laughs> when the rule came out, when the um, Part 107 rule came out, it cut us off to 400 feet. That system was obsolete. Right. We it's you know yeah. So they and that's what's happening right now. Again, is there's going to be systems that you yeah. just I mean, unless you put the module on, yeah. you're gonna yeah. put them on Craigslist or right. is Craigslist a thing anymore? I think it is still. Yeah. What's the newest thing? I, I mean, I, I marketplace. I, it's surprising. I mean, eBay. You can still yeah. sell stuff. I mean, I, I'm surprised it's still going, but it, it, these things are moving goods. Yeah. Um, I don't know how safe Craigslist is, <laughs> along with any other thing, but um, nothing safe. Yeah. Put a tracker on it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, always use the best safety when you're selling something, especially for high dollar. Right. You don't you don't want to be like anyway. So if you are trying to move your equipment, you know, use precautions. Well, when what we're it. doing right now is, I mean, we're basically going back through our inventory because we have some old stuff. I mean, yeah, yeah. we the, historically what we've done is we turn the oldest stuff into training stuff, mm -hmm. right? And then we train pilots on. Again, if I use DJI Phantoms or um, mm. Inspires, mm -hmm. and then you know the new stuff goes to the pilot. So, uh, so I think yeah. that's sort of a process that we're going through right now. Is we're inventorying. We're like, what do we need? Yeah. What do we have that isn't worth paying the three hundred bucks? Right, right, for, right. Right. No, I mean, there's a, the whole secondary business now of maybe buying up and re yeah. rehabbing these and certifying them yeah. and saying, yeah, we wired it in, it's a remote ID, and there's going to be a whole other genre of, uh, of uh, equipment maybe hitting the market. Um, well, that's interesting. Is there anything else that you feel like we're not hitting on the top level um, of, of this issue? People are out there, obviously, are very confused about the regulations maybe not everybody follows the FAA like there was only 90 people in that public meeting with the FAA and you were one of them yeah. and um, so like you're all over this stuff yeah which is awesome which is why you know I hover and we talk quite a bit about this sort of thing um, but for the average person out there if they're able to upgrade their drone and get one that's fully compliant that's great if they have one they don't want to get rid of um, then they just go out and buy a module you right. know, and try to find one. And well, and that's trying to find one is another thing, right? Yeah. There's there's supply chain issues. <clears throat> Everybody's yeah. freaking out. Yeah. And, you know, so finding somebody right. that has a batch is always good. And we do have that link on our website. You can reach out to us, and we'll give you this supplier that's been pretty good at getting us what we need um, pretty quickly. Um, we'll be glad to connect you guys up with that. Um, is there anything else that you feel like we should be saying about remote ID? Um, I know the whole concept of UFOs and they changed the name to, what was it, the UAPs? <laughs> so like, um, they just don't want any unidentified anything out there in the airspace now, especially some of these drones can be pretty big, right? Oh yeah. I and was watching the agriculture one the other day 
monster machine. Oh. Well, you wouldn't want that up a thousand feet. We're in our, well, that's going to happen. I mean, if you want to get into it, Delivery? you know, you've got um, eVTOL, so that's personnel mm, and yep. package carrying yep. that we're on the FAA contract for that. So we've it's already designed the Vertiport, yep. which is the next version of the airport where your Ubers are going to be able to fly here and there and everywhere. Right. But those systems are could be piloted, mm -hmm. um, could not be piloted. Right. They're over 55 pounds, right? So you're going to see an intersection of the drone rules and the piloted aviation rules intersect. And the studies we've, or the testing that we've been doing on a number of these, um, actually Springfield has. I know it. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. And especially with a new big uh, conglomerate that's coming in there. Yep. Um, and and would you say that there's and I just as a curiosity now uh, nothing about remote IV in particular, but uh, with the moving of transport of people and so forth, would you think that it's more likely that you'll have uh, corridors open up and have automated flights before you have, you know, the Jetsons kind of like arriving home from work? Again, my theory, and this is just me, but I make maps, is that you use the um, transmission and distribution electric right-of-ways as the corridors because piloted aviation already knows where those exist and that's like a clean place for that to exist. Right? So when you're saying that my brain goes to fly along the telephone line, yes. I mean, and the um, electric line. Yes. That sounds like the worst place to fly. <laughs> so tell me why am I not understanding that? I understand that it's there's a, defined, a right away. It's a defined it's location. It doesn't mean you need to hover over the line, but <laughs> it means you know that that is on every. Um, but I, I can just imagine so many things going wrong with that. Like, well, we're we're losing altitude and you're hitting the wires, or we're off to the side and we're veering to the right into the wires. I just it's it just like flying so on an airport. You know, everyone thought that was the most ridiculous thing ever, and it turns yeah. out to be the safest place to yeah. operate, right? Yeah. So I you have a handle on on yeah. the thought there and I But don't, we've seen but. we've seen <laughs> both the ver the EV tolls and drones that can power themselves off the lines um you know so there's a whole bunch of stuff just, there just new just, tech just um being proximal. Yeah. Well, I mean that's the whole Tesla uh, thing, right? It's, it's exciting. It's I mean, like, I'm excited. Like we I, can charge in midair, you know, it was his whole thing, right? The remote ID thing, it, it's just another hurdle. It's, it's, they're always going to happen, mm -hmm. you know, anytime you want to um, expand capability, mm -hmm. there's going to be restriction, right? Because yeah. people want to just make sure they have a good handle on it right. before it happens. Right, right, right. Um, you know, when they started I mean, heck, um, uh, just co not commercial operate recreational use mm. cases mm. for drones. Hobbyists and all that. Like, the FAA and everybody said, oh, no, you know, we're going to have. They didn't see that coming. Right. Not at all. Right. Mm. And so, you know, they put some restrictions on it and everybody's flying today, right? I mean, yeah. I, I don't know too many people that haven't touched one or one. So having, since we've kind of been like ragging a little bit on the FAA, let's say something positive for a moment. And I'll just say it real quick. 
I mean, I I have been impressed with the fact that um, that systems that are designed and even if they're bureaucratic and they're they're difficult, there is a structure to it. Um, I've heard a lot of propensity for people to say, "Oh, we got to have private people managing this." I've worked with private companies and corporations. They don't have things organized. Uh, yeah. You can have one company and they can have all sorts of disparate databases and media storage, everything's a mess. Um, I think there's actually uh, something to be said for the, the folks that are working hard at getting the structure, getting it going, setting out the, the pr policies. Even if it's not quite right, it's not gonna go over well when you make change. Um, well, you got to put it out there to criticize it. Yeah. Right. Public, and so, public criticism. And, and, and I, I, I. Does that make sense? It does, and I'll, I'll say a bunch good about the FAA. The <laughs> the goal is to make the airspace as safe as possible. Yeah. That is their goal. That, they have to get there. That's their goal. And so it, when you think about the steps that we've taken, yeah. the the fact that they opened it up for recreational use was incredible yeah. and overwhelming yeah. also, yeah. right? And yeah. so this is like, what do you say? Five steps forward, two steps back right. sort of thing, right? right? They right. they did that, right? and now they're going back and saying like, mm, maybe we should control this a little bit better, you know? Yeah. And it's understandable. And I mean, the last thing anybody wants, you know, we, we say this all the time in our business is one catastrophe mm -hmm. sets the whole industry back a, a long time they will ground the drones they will right. you know yeah. and so the yeah. goal is to try to get everybody to operate as safely as possible and that's what remote yeah. id is that's pretty much uh, the outcome yeah so, and and i think we're all willing to participate in that i think i think everybody's had their uh, fearful moment of managing a drone where something wasn't oh, quite working I right have stories or yeah the drone's not responding or whatever and Ah, uh, it's like you want you want that extra. It's like, hey, do we have a tracker on that one? I, I have. Now so there many will be. Stories, right? Not so many. But right. <laughs> not for Wolfert. <laughs> not for Wolfert. Right. But you know, yeah. it's most of the time it's. But you've been doing this for decades. Yeah, I mean, we we started. Um, wow. We started flying in 2011. Mm. I mean, commercial you're in, operations. You're in your second decade. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we've had things where, you know, pilots don't follow the rules and it's the drone operator's mm -hmm. um, responsibility to get out of the way. Right. right? We, right. I've, had, I've had people take off on closed runways before. I've had, you know, <laughs> so there's, you know, and that's the, that's the. Something the happens and you need to manage it and you need to be able to and communicate. Need, and, and you need to be able to know what you're doing. Right, you know, and and, and, the, and the and the towers, people running the towers, or whoever's involved with managing this, is going to want to not answer the question like, we don't know, right, what that is, right. So something I, I mean, you know, just again from my GIS background that I think is cool about remote ID capability is tracking historical data right where have we flown show me what all were the flight overlays give it to yeah. me you know right yeah. and that's where uh some of what we do is exciting with the data we can stack the data all yeah. day yeah. you know and and that data can exist for decades well the the data 
you know, again, we, we have some of that, yeah. you know, we, we started a, um, a, a flight tracker basically where, you know, we've flown in 47 states, mm -hmm. um, but just to, to bring up old flight paths or mm -hmm. what have you would be cool. Now the data, I mean, we test that, yeah. you know, we're flying two millimeter data GSD, crazy. right? Ground That's sample crazy. distance for um, some pavement work, and two millimeter, two millimeter. So That's, one that pixel fat equals files, two man. <laughs> mega. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm playing in the petabyte level now. Yeah. Uh, our next upgrade is another two and a half petabytes because we want to be ready. Yeah. Um, uh, you you were flying out in Hawaii to help out more recently. Yeah. Your team, uh, boots on the ground out there. And a lot of disasters you guys get out oh, right yeah. away. Are you first responder, situational awareness? Who are you working with when yeah, you're doing do, those? Yeah, we do a lot of that. Um, and that really gets into, like, where is the drone, and then where would it be on the map that was, right? Yeah, because well, it's, sometimes the it's a is, drone. And, like, you know, the we live data isn't going to show you, right. like, the street. It's like it's covered. It's or something's you know things well, we, are different. The tornadoes that came through um, Green County a couple yeah. few years yeah, ago. Yeah. We did all the stockpile stuff. F three. Uh, yeah, we did the stockpile mapping for that. So we were doing quantities of um, debris, mm -hmm. and then uh, to the emergency response stuff. I mean, we we have piloted aircraft also, mm -hmm. and a lot of cases, you know, those. Um, the fires and whatnot mm. are out in uh, yeah. Hawaii are too big for a drone, so yeah. we we you have to do fl go fly them. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Wow. Well, and it it does make sense, kind of full circle, coming back to the regular planes that are out there. Um, they've been tracking commercially forever. Um, yep. The now in the last year or two. Uh, what was it? The ADSB is, is a requirement. Now a requirement. So experimental craft, everything. Regular planes all have to have it. Yep. The drones are all going to have it, and then they still have to figure out how to stitch it all together. I think you know, it'll be interesting to see because I think if I'm thinking from a air traffic controller in the cab, right? That's mm -hmm. what they call the. Mm -hmm. That they're going to have these l levels of filters, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it's all going to be the same interface, sure. and they're just going to be like, I don't want to see the drones today. Right, 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 <laughs> like, right, you know, what, you know right. if if one enters this geofence, yeah. then I want to know about it. But yeah. if it doesn't, then blip, yeah. blip, it's on the radar. Yeah. It's in the geofence. Yeah. It's showing up. And then you have whitelist, blacklist stuff. So right. um, a lot of what we're doing um, is. If it's a drone that, so I'll use Savannah Hilton Head Airport as yeah. an example, okay? So we, we've worked with them forever. Um, they have essentially white-listed drones yeah. where right. everybody knows that where they're operating and who they are and nobody cares, right. right? But if something else comes in there and they have some detection systems, then alarms go off, right, and everybody knows. And local law enforcement and airport ops and everybody knows mm -hmm. that somebody's entered the movement areas or the approach zone or what have you. So you're going to just see, yeah. you know, you're going to see all of that. You're you're also going to have non-compliant. Yeah, um, and as you were explaining some of how this is going to be, um, obstacle avoidance is going to get better. 
right? Yep. Because you're going to have not just these sensors that are looking for, oh, okay, there's a tree, there's a house, there's a structure, there's a wall. You're also going to have, oh, there's a view, there's a plane, you know, there's a, there's a, um, another aircraft, there's another yep. drone and the proximity and, and theoretically a little bit more protection, uh, that, that could be in future systems that would allow for non-collision. I think that, things. and I also think that, I mean, we, we've all heard about swarms and you've seen these amazing things, yeah. right? Where they build statues and whatever like in the super bowl or whatever right, right. um but you know you're gonna this this is like the gateway to the next bit of how drones communicate with right. each other right right so right. it's not a pattern right those those um swarms are i don't I, they're called swarms but yeah. I, the patterns that right. they do they're all it's all math on board the system. Isn't that a program right? with ASCII? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. It's like, hit this waypoint, hit this waypoint, hit right, this right, waypoint, right, right. hit this waypoint. All of them with remote us, ID tracking. Make a smile. Modification. Right. <laughs> How but, expensive would that be? But I, I just think that you're going to start seeing, like, that's a sophisticated array of right. drones. Right. But having drones being able to talk to each other, yeah. uh, I can think about. Yeah. I'm trying to think about the the right scenario. I'll use this one. You know, we, we talk about airport perimeter surveillance, yeah, yeah, right? Monitoring. And we, we watched um, a company that essentially uh, it was drone in the box mm -hmm, stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So drone in the box. Mm -hmm. It box opens up. It charges in the box. Box open up. The drone goes and yeah. flies one mile yeah. down a fence line and then la then yeah hovers yeah. while the next drone in the box gets up and leaves and yeah, then yeah. it goes down and charges right and Build. then it basically builds this whole perimeter surveillance yeah, thing yeah. right no that's that is some powerful stuff yeah. <laughs> like awareness are you covering me you got my back yeah. um there is some breaking i can't believe this we are <laughs> actually recording the remote id faa deadline approaching and during our podcast capture here on this episode what are we getting here? News from the FAA, from your lead pilot. What What is he saying right now? <laughs> yeah. like, as we're as we're unpacking remote ID. <laughs> what do we got? We are um, <clears throat> so we are essentially being told that the FAA is extending the remote ID enforcement date six months. So it was September 16th. Which was an impossible deadline. It was an impossible deadline. For me specifically, I mean, we were yeah. we were getting modules and, you know, trying to figure it all out. But you have a schedule but to fill. Yes, yeah. And so um, essentially they're saying the remote ID rule will now have until March 16th, 2024 to equip their aircraft. After, after that date, operators could face fines and suspensions or revoke, revocation of pilot certificates. So they're putting some teeth. Did they specify those problems before, like the teeth? They say that all the time. Oh, okay. But, okay. but now they're it putting varies, it with the shift. You know, yeah. They're kind of like saying, hey, we're going to stretch it back, but here's the consequence. Yeah. Um, Drone pilots can meet this deadline by purchasing a standard remote ID equipped drone from a manufacturer or purchasing a remote ID module. <laughs> uh, 
which can be affixed to existing drones that do not have remote ID equipment. What does this change? Absolutely nothing except for the, the pressure timeline. And we all, you know, it's everybody in the industry, as I was saying earlier, you know, there was certain sections of the FAA that were alluding to this happening. Mm. And quite honestly, I, you know, I've said this today, there is no, the consumers aren't ready. You're going to shut down 10 million drone operations. You know, the law enforcement isn't ready and the FAA isn't ready. And <clears throat> I am confident that that's what, why the decision was made. So six months is, goes fast. So. It's going to go quick, especially yeah. with this kind of uh, adjustment to your systems, especially when yeah. you have a fleet of, of drones. But um, it prob they probably left it open uh, as a possible enforcement date until like everybody that would order would already do it by now. <laughs> if no one else is going to do it in the next three days and get it in time. Well, so. and that was w one of the biggest concerns on the call I was on was that the su supply chain stuff was there just, there's not enough of them out there. Yeah. And um, so, you and, know. And we'll put in the, in the video the link where you can go and and order some some of those uh, remote IDs, at least where we know that they're available now. Yeah. Uh, but it's obviously subjected to availability. Um, I think I think I think we covered. I mean, even though that news came in like right when we were um, talking, um, I think I think it doesn't change anything. It's, it's still, still scary. Everything <laughs> is still uh, on schedule to be a pain in the neck, and you need to make adjustments and. There's probably a better timeline now to become, um, you know, compliant. Yeah, I mean, I would be paying attention to the different modules that are out there. Um, Maybe shop for ones with the best battery life. Battery life's going to be a thing. It, it, it depends on what your missions are. Some people yeah. are just flying right. willy-nilly, and some people But if are, you're an intensive service provider, yeah. then you really have to make sure you have that figured out. Very good. Well, Aaron, awesome to have you in the studio. Um, I couldn't have thought of a better person to bring in here, and I'm so glad you were jumping on the opportunity to kind of let's dive into this and rip it apart. It was fun, and, you know, again, just trying to share the knowledge. and Awesome. So Like you do. I appreciate you. All right, man. Take care. All right, take hey, care. Hey, thanks a lot. Yep. Thanks for coming to the studio.